It's like quitting a job when you got nothing in savings and no new job lined up. You could slap a headset on a potato and the Texans would probably do better. You know, imagine the psychological warfare of letting Gritty loose in an empty rink. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. Today, I am joined by my regular co-host, Jared Miller. I'm Jared. I'm here. I'm ready to talk fantasy. I'm glad you said that because I am ready too. And we are also joined by two very special guests today. The first is a good friend of the Expansion Buddies podcast and one of the co-hosts of the Get Back Guys podcast, Kyle Brester. Hey, everyone. Good to finally uh, be a part of this podcast here. Yeah, we're super happy to have you on. Thanks, man. And then, of course, to make it nice and easy for you guys, we've got another friend of ours on who's also named Kyle. This is a good friend of ours named Kyle Mitchell. He is a rancher, and um, I went to high school with him. Jared went to college with him. Very close friend. How are you, how are you doing today, Kyle? Mitchell? I am doing great. I'm excited to be here and uh, looking forward to the podcast. Awesome. For everyone out there, uh, Kyle Mitchell, Kyle number two, as we're going to call him here tonight, <laughs> is uh, the only Patriots fan I've ever met that I can tolerate being in the same room with for more than <laughs> 10 minutes. So. I'm honored you say such nice words about me. <laughs> I'll never forget Kyle, uh, Kyle too, that is, when uh, a, th- a few years back when the Buccaneers played, played the Patriots, we were living together and the game was close for most of it. We were just both like sitting on our on a couch and we we're just like gripping the cushions just like mm-hmm. and the the tempers <laughs> ran a little high that night mostly on my side because we lost but yeah i'm sure uh you know i you know yeah i would get a little i might not say much but you could tell when things were uh getting a little tense during those games and oh, yeah. the way i reacted to things <laughs> And uh, for all the for all the listeners out there, Kyle number one is a Seahawks fan like me. So we're just going to have a mutual agreement tonight that uh, we are not at all going to talk about Super Bowl Forty Nine. Okay. What? Oh, what Super yeah, Bowl is that? Absolutely. Uh, uh, the the definitely not the the one that we lost. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. nothing bad happened there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember that one. Can you kind of refresh me on that a little bit? Uh, no, right. no, there's no need to. You'll look there's it no up. need to. <laughs> no, uh, what we're actually here to talk about tonight is uh, fantasy football and the 2020 fantasy football season, the outlook. It's kind of our forte, Justin and I. We love fantasy football. We're in a league together. Kyle, yes, too, is, Kyle too, is in the league with us. Uh, Justin is our defending champion, actually. I am. I beat Jared in the championship last year. I will fa- say full disclosure. I I I feel kind of bad. I think he would have lost anyway. But thanks. In that game, I'm, I'm <laughs> saying just like based on who you could have put in. But he was, he was setting his lineup, and he was kind of waffling. I don't remember who the second receiver was, but your first one was Juju Smith-Schuster. And you were kind of waffling between them, and you're like, I don't know who to put in. I was like, personally for me. I'd go with Juju. I think he's a better overall receiver, and he just – Juju just had a bad game. It was terrible. One of the worst games all season, yeah. I think he got you, like, maybe eight points. Yikes. Yeah, it was a rough one. Um, and I feel kind of bad about that, but I did win, so, like <laughs> – I mean <laughs> – You didn't feel too bad. It's like I said last week. I got second place, so that means there's eight guys in our league that are still looking up to us. 
It's true. Um, I, I personally, I had a great year with fantasy last year. Like my team just, it came together beautifully. And I, I'm kind of bragging because the past two years before that, like I didn't even make playoffs. Like it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> the drought ended last year. So Kyle Mitchell, why don't you tell us about your draft strategy last year? Yeah, how'd that go for uh, you? <laughs> you know, I didn't get last, so I guess it could have been worse. Um, going back, I was talking to Jared the other day about it, and he's looking at my uh, fantasy team from last year. My uh, final name for, for my team I came up with is eight is greater than one. <laughs> so, you know, I counted it as a win for me. But, you know, for the draft strategy, uh, it sounded all good to me before I did it. But I drafted – I think I was 10th. I think I was last pick in the first round, and I picked uh, – Ezekiel Elliott from the Cowboys, right in the middle of all his holdout stuff. I think oh, he'll come back, you know, and even if he misses a week or two or whatever, you know, I still have a long season. I'll have plenty of time to, you know, catch up. Make, just get me into the playoffs, basically, was my strategy. And I thought by then, you know, everyone would be, you know, he'd be back at full strength and on the team completely. But I also decided to go with uh, Melvin Gordon, I believe, for my second round pick. And similar, I think he was even worse than Zeke coming back way later in the season. So, you know, it sounded good on paper before I did it. Uh, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it backfired just a touch. I remember for a <laughs> while a your little. name was uh, Please Feed Zeke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kyle changed his name like four or five times <laughs> last year, which uh, uh, leads me to this question. What is everyone going with for team names this year? Because I know – Kyle Mitchell, you have not changed yours from last year yet in our league, and that needs to happen. Correct. I know. I'm. Uh, I feel like I don't. Well, I don't know. I last year I had some few ideas about players who I was going to draft. I was going to kind of. I think I was, I was, you know, hoping I could get Mahomes, of course, and have Vancouver's Mah. Oh, some something about the Mahomes or something for my name. <laughs> I'm probably going to end up. Uh, I don't know yet. I might just go to see how the draft goes, see who I end up with, and kind of go from there. Fair enough. Kyle Brester, what, uh, what's your fantasy name this year? Uh, so I kind of thought about what would be the best way to get into one of my co-host uh, heads from the Get Bad Guys podcast, uh, Nick. He's a Packer fan, and so I kind of wanted – I'm rooting for the Pack this year because I think they are a pretty good team still, but at the same time, I kind of felt like I just wanted to get under his skin a little. And so I came up with the name Aaron Does Not Love Jordan – because I remembered his <laughs> epic reaction. I remember I, his epic reaction after the Packers drafted Jordan Love at the end of the first round. And I thought that would just be a good way to kind of get a cheap shot, but also have a funny name that I don't think many people are thinking of. Hopefully, or maybe it is a name people came up with already, but I, w- I was proud of that one anyway. I thought it was pretty good original. I like it. Very good one. So, what about you, Jared? Uh, I, if. Well, I know that Kyle, too, remembers this. Last year, there was a game on Monday Night Football, I believe, in which Sam Darnold had a rough go of it against the Patriots. (laughs) Uh, I think the final score was like 33 to nothing or something like that. You guys just smacked him. And uh, Mm -hmm. Sam Darnold was mic'd up that night, and he was caught on the mic saying to somebody, I'm seeing ghosts out there. So my fantasy name this year is Sam's Ghost Emporium. (laughs) <laughs> i i went all out with the logo too i photoshopped a picture of sam darnold with like a bunch of cartoon ghosts around his head 
and uh <laughs> yeah i went i went all out this year i, I take my fantasy names very seriously you as do I, you do as i know uh well as i would like everyone in our league too but we've got a couple holdouts that refuse to change there we have one holdout that's very <laughs> obstinate but uh yeah so obviously in fantasy football the name is the most important thing everything Absolutely. else just obviously <laughs> falls uh-huh. in line after that but uh yeah i'm telling you guys sam's ghost emporium remember the name because they're going to be hoisting <laughs> the trophy this year i think they're going to be hoisted by their own petard actually but and justin <laughs> i've noticed you haven't changed your team name from last year yet so, either i'm kind of waiting for the draft i gotta see who i have um I thought of a couple things like uh, Minshew's mustachioed men, um, <laughs> or like uh, see if I Sam Darnold's one of my kind of if if he's there for when I decide to draft a quarterback I might take him, and if I draft Sam Darnold, I was gonna go with Sam Darnold and the Ghostbusters, but uh, I feel like that's too ooh. close to yours. So. Yeah, not now you're mm-hmm. not. <laughs> That's a valid strategy. Wait for the draft. See who's on your team. I don't do that. I clearly I'm pretty impatient when it comes to my team name. That's pretty much the first thing I did when I revamped the league this year was just change my name. So one of Jared's favorite things to do over the years or over the year, even outside of football season is whenever someone says something like, I don't know, instead of like a lot of people are like, Oh, that should be a band name. Jared's like, that should be your fantasy name next year. Yeah, (laughs) I need to start writing them all down really <laughs> and i had one i don't remember what it was but you're like that would be an amazing fantasy name and i was like i'll remember it and i don't remember it we'll uh we'll make sure to update all of our 12 listeners when justin and kyle too get their fantasy names figured out yeah, we have our <laughs> <laughs> we have our draft on sunday so hopefully shortly after that they will get something knocked out Hey, share with us on Twitter what your guys' fantasy names are. And the best one that we hear, we'll give a shout-out on the next podcast. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, you can uh, tweet at us. The handle is TheExpansionBU1. That's the number one. So let us know your uh, best fantasy names. And like Justin said, we'll give you a shout-out. Yeah. So I guess uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. So as we've talked about, we're talking about fantasy football today. I'm super excited. I love fantasy football. It, it's what really got me into football in the first place. Um, and so I gave some questions out to, to our two guests and Jared that we're going to talk about. The first one that I think we're just going to get out of the way before we do anything else is who are you going to take if you have the number one overall pick? And let's start with you, Kyle Brester. Uh, with the first overall pick? Man, if I'm that lucky, I'll be so happy. But uh, <laughs> I got I to gotta say it's Christian McCaffrey, right? I mean, the dude's just a stud in general, whether he's running the ball or catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, it's not going to matter that it's not Cam Newton anymore or any of the other millions of backup quarterbacks that they had. But the dude was just a stud, not just in the game, but also just in fantasy. And, you know, maybe, I don't think that's going to change with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. So I would just go with him. I think he's going to be the top guy. And a lot of people have, are probably thinking the same, I would believe. Well, I actually had wrote down here in my limited notes that uh, I was also going to go with Christian McCaffrey. It was kind of a lot of the same reasons. I mean, one thing I kind of thought that, you know, with a new quarterback not being in that system that long, you know, we talk about quarterbacks and, like, tight ends quite a bit, you know, kind of their tight end is their safety blanket. But him being a running back and being such a threat out of the backfield, I kind of thought, you know, maybe he would be a very good safety blanket, so even more and more 
you know, points out of the backfield, let alone how many carries he's going to get. But I think I'd probably go with someone other than him. I think I'd go with Saquon Barkley from the Giants. I mean, hmm. you look at Daniel Jones, obviously he's improving quite a bit as a quarterback, but a lot of those things, you know, still very young, still needs those short, easy throws to the running back. Like, not a, you need a lot of points like that. And then, I mean, you look at Saquon, just how muscular, how strong, how thick he is. I mean, anytime you're down by the goal line, I think you just give it to him and let him punch it in. And, I mean, he's just going to rack up all kinds of points, I think. I like it. I, I really like it. You might have me sold on Saquon now. I mean, he is a <laughs> thick boy. Have you seen the thighs? Don't <laughs> <laughs> blame you. What about you, Jared? I feel like the easy answer, and it's probably the one I would go with, would be McCaffrey. And uh, I, I really agree with what you guys are saying about how Bridgewater, being pretty new to the Panthers system, he's probably going to lean on his running game a lot this year. But the other reason I think that they're going to lean on the running game a lot this year is because McCaffrey's when you think of the Panthers, it's almost all they have left. It feels like you, you just think of the talent they have on that team. And I'm not saying that Teddy Bridgewater isn't talented, but who do they really have? That's a standout name like that. So yeah, Christian McCaffrey, he's most likely going to be a workhorse up there in Carolina again this year. And I, I sure, I mean, barring injury, I think he'll probably have a similar type season, if not better than he had last season. So I, I will say McCaffrey, but I'll also say that of all years I've played fantasy, this would probably be the year I would be least likely opposed to possibly picking a quarterback. Wow. Just because – you and there's only two I would even consider, and I think you guys could probably name who they are. Kyle but, Allen? <laughs> how'd you know <laughs> uh no one of them just received his super bowl ring and the other one lamar jackson i mean both of those guys push MVP. comes yeah push comes to shove i will probably take christian mccaffrey but i'd really have to think about it you know we have a guy in our league uh my buddy michael and we randomize our draft order in the last two years he's gotten the first overall selection and I was out to dinner with him the other night and he was telling me that he actually doesn't want that again because he hates the pressure of making that decision. <laughs> so I feel that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I yeah. McCaffrey, I'll, I'll say McCaffrey, but the, the quarterback play this year is there's some good ones out there too. You know, I mean, you know, someone's going to want to take, uh, Patrick or Lamar in that first round anyway. There's always that one guy that wants to sneak in and grab it. So maybe they'll do that with the number one overall pick. You just don't know. Those guys are just such studs. Yeah, yeah. We, we've we also had in the past – I don't think he's in our league anymore. I think that was the year that we, we experimented with, what, did we have 16 people or something? Too many. Oh, yeah, too, too many. many. It was awful. I hated that year. But he hate drafted basically because he knew my brother – is a huge Green Bay Packers fan. And, he, and my brother was like, I'm drafting Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I want him. And he hate drafted. He had like the pick before him and he's like in the first round and he's like, Aaron Rodgers. And like, <laughs> it wasn't even like a great pick for him. He didn't do well that year. It was just like, yeah, he was just being a kind of a jerk, but yeah. So we hopefully, that's weed, pretty annoying. We weeded out all the jerks and uh, well, most of them, <laughs> most of them. And uh <laughs> Yeah, so Justin, now you've got to answer your own question. Not yeah, I've I've been thinking about this a lot. I really like the McCaffrey pick because I think he's a really safe pick, although I do have some concerns. Uh, when you look at him, 
he had a great year last year, but I think a lot of teams are, if they're playing Carolina, they know like McCaffrey is the man. So I think they're going to be stuffing the run as much as they can, as much as I think a lot of people are like, it doesn't matter how well they try to defend McCaffrey's going to get through. It's not that's uh, the, at the beginning of last or last year when the Buccaneers played the, played the Panthers, they were able to hold McCaffrey to, you know, just a minuscule amount of yards compared to what he usually got. And that, especially in the first game, it was really evident because the Buccaneers defense at that point had not developed to what it was at the end of the year. So McCaffrey can be stopped. And I think a lot of teams are going to be picking up on that and really going for that. I, I can see him taking almost more of a wide receiver role this year. And I just, I don't know that he is going to be nearly as dominant this year as he has been in the past, but that's my personal. I, would, I, I do think he's a very good pick though. I am curious when you say that though, they might take more of a wide receiver role. That would probably still be a good thing, especially if you're in a league that uh, does PPR, mm-hmm. Which you know, like no matter if he catches, but gets zero yards, Hey, that's a point or a half that's a true. point, however they do it. So even if they, even if stuff in the run happens, but he can still be in the open field and, Game catches and yards, that might still be a win for a team. I'm also, like, really hesitant about taking a, a running back in the first round because I've had that. I, I one time had the first overall pick, and I picked David Johnson. Mm-hmm. He was coming off an amazing year, and everyone was like, that is the man to pick. And I did it. Hurt immediately out for the season. <laughs> right, that was the year. Yeah, that was the year he got injured, like some weird – injury right i can't yeah. remember what it is but it was odd. i man i just i have flashbacks that i'm just like oh no mm-hmm. um i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna say if i had the first overall pick i might do something that'd probably shoot me in the foot but i might take george kittle i might take a tight end in the first oh, pick. wow oh wow and let me tell you why let me tell you why this last year tight end talent for fantasy was so hard to find it was either you'd find someone and they were doing okay and they'd get hurt. Uh, we saw that with uh, David Njoku. O.J. Howard, maybe? Um, O.J. Howard didn't really get to play too much this past year. Uh, okay. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he plays for the Jags. I'm not even going to try to remember it. But Yeah, he, I can't remember it either. He was uh, one of my flex tight ends for if, if Kittle was out or anything. But I, I, I watched the rest of uh, the league and – I, I, everybody was just always struggling with tight ends. I'm not saying it's a good pick, but I feel like for security at that position, and I, I don't know that I'd necessarily do it still, but I, I think I might, you know. So would you be that worried about one of the rest of us taking a tight end in the first round where you felt like you'd have to grab him right away? That's, that's a good point. I don't, I don't know. I feel like, I will say in our league, I feel like there's a few people that are just kind of X factors and they just might be like, uh, Cause I'll tell you right now, hand to the Bible. I'm not taking a tight end in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I think I took Kittle last year in the second or third round and y'all laughed at me. I, yeah. <laughs> you straight up were like, that's a dumb pick. <laughs> and here I am sitting on the king of the mountaintop. Kittle definitely made a difference. All right. And all right. I, I like I said, I am, it's probably a bad pick, but I, I can see that again being a position in need where you know we know Kittle gets utilized in that offense he's not going to be really relegated just to to blocking so 
where that's that's not a guarantee other tight ends get. I mean, yeah, he's a superstar. There's there's no doubt about it. I mean, you can't argue with the product he puts out on the field, but I've never heard of a tight end going in the first round. I know, I know. It's You're a trendsetter. I know. I, I, I try to be. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I was just thinking the same thing, you know. I kind of a crazy idea, but after listening to Justin, kind of looking at these list of tight ends, you know, he might have talked me into it. <laughs> See, yeah, Jared like Jared said. <laughs> I was just gonna, I was just gonna say that um, Justin's explanation, I mean, while I wouldn't do it in the first round, is absolutely correct, which is why I would probably always try and take Zach Ertz, you know, in the third to fourth round pick, depending on how the situation goes. I mean, he's just, you know, one of the best tight ends in the league. He's always reliable, always the Titan you can count mm-hmm. on week in and week out. And I preferably just don't want to play that hopscotch mind game with the tight end market of being like, you know, this guy could be boom or bust, or this guy would be good this week, but not yeah. next week. Uh, so I wouldn't go as far as to, you know, pick them in the first round, though you do make a good argument as to why. But I do agree, like, if you can take the chance on getting, you know, one of those top three, Ertz, Kittle, or Kelsey, you'll be set. And even Mark Andrews is going to be that guy too, I believe. Yeah, I'm looking right now at the points for tight ends and how quickly it drops off. You have – and actually this list shows Kelsey at the top, but I don't know what scoring they're actually going off of. But you have Kelsey, Andrews, and Kittle there at the top all hovering around that 140 points mark. And then it drops off by tens, you know, almost every position down from that. It, it is a boomer bust position, but I feel like, you know, having that consistency, because I mean, Kittle was good for, you know, 15 to 15 plus points almost every game. He was a nice security blanket to have on the team, honestly. Yeah. Well, and uh, Kyle, number one, what you said, <laughs> what you said about consistency at the tight end position and not wanting to play that hopscotch game. Let me tell you, as somebody who has played that game the last mm-hmm. two years with one of your fellow Kyles, Kyle Rudolph, <laughs> I'm telling right. you, man, that that guy was all over the place. If you were to draw a scatter plot of his points every week, it would look like a like a mountain range. He was like one week he'd put up 20 some points and the next week he'd get me five. And I just could not guess right. What week was going to be what with him. And I just, yeah, it's not a game you want to play. So I totally agree with that argument of just wanting to lock in some solidarity at that position, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it in the first round, Justin. I'm yeah, sorry. No, I, that's fair. And like, like I said, it, it, honestly, if I got the first round pick, I don't know that I could fully pull the trigger on it, but it's something I've been really thinking about. I, I just, I loved that consistency. I didn't have to try and like, all right, it, this week, are you getting 20 points or are you getting 0. 0.5? <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. Well, I, if you didn't, guys didn't mind me asking, if hypothetically you did end up having to play this hopscotch game when it comes to the tight end market, is there a tight end outside of the ones that we've named who are studs that you guys would be willing to take a chance on. Maybe not Kyle Rudolph, but Jared, but is there so you how know, anyone about, else that comes to mind? Let's hold that until, and let's roll right into our next section where we're kind of going to talk about that. So awesome. the next question I asked everybody was who in their opinion was the best player, an overhyped player and a sleeper or someone, you know, that you might be taking a chance on or maybe underrated. So let's let's start off with that. 
Uh, and let's start off with quarterbacks. So I guess we'll just go around. Kyle Brester, you want to start us off again? Uh, with the quarterback markets. So yeah, who, who's your best quarterback? Okay. Well, I mean, the best quarterback is easily Russell Wilson. Like no <laughs> denying that. Correct. But if, when, when you're talking about fantasy football, you have to think that it's still going to be Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, at least at the start of the year. I mean, not only are their offenses just so dynamic and they have the playmakers, but, you know, they just have that dual threat where they can, you know, run with the ball, they can pass with it, uh, just do about anything in order to get your team points. So mm -hmm. I, at least I like the best when it comes to fantasy football, it's probably those two. All right. Kyle Mitchell? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough to argue with, you know, Lamar and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you look at any of the fantasy rankings, they're the top. They're the top of the list, no matter which one you look at. I mean, go, go down the list a little bit. You know, Deshaun Watson to Russell Wilson a little bit and stuff, too. I mean, you can get a little bit more, maybe those scrambling, you know, those type of stuff. But I think, I mean, it, it's tough to argue with either Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. I think you can't go wrong with yeah. either one of them. I, I, ha I have the feeling here in the first couple of categories – we're going to have a lot of consensus. Uh, what about you, Jared? Yeah, uh, I've got old Patty and Lamar. Uh, I listed my top three at each position, though, for this. So oh, my, I see. my I number see. three, and uh, say it's bias or whatever, but I do actually have Russell Wilson at number three. I think he's a – I mean, obviously Seattle asks him to do more than his fair share year in and year out, um, which results in him putting up some pretty solid numbers or at least he has of the last few seasons. So mm -hmm. he'd be my number three, like I said, but uh, I, I have Patrick Mahomes at number one. I originally had Lamar Jackson at number one. I have since changed that to Patrick Mahomes after looking more into their stats. Because Patrick Mahomes was, I think it was like 10 or 15 points in our league from meeting Lamar Jackson's uh, points for fantasy. And that's only because he missed two games. Yeah. So I it's Patrick Mahomes all the way for me. So yeah, like I said, a lot of consensus there. So let's go to the most overhyped or like, you know, maybe oversold player. Right? Can I go? Uh, yeah, sure, Jared. Go ahead. Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> are, are you saying that in terms of fantasy or just overall though? I think let's try to keep I, it to fantasy. Well, I think he's overhyped kind of everywhere if we're being completely I, honest. I would agree. But I just – I don't know. I'm not sold on the guy. I haven't been since he went over to San Francisco, and I promise that isn't biased because I've recognized when they've had talented quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And, again, I'm not saying he's not talented, but I think the way he's talked about – I think people just – I don't know. I, you're probably right. I'm probably applying this too much to real football and not fantasy. But, yeah. yeah that's fair, though. I, want, I, I do want your takes. Uh, okay, let's uh, – I guess we'll go reverse. Kyle Mitchell. Uh, you know, I look at uh, just going down the list, he's, you know, maybe not – he's not even in the top ten, but I think just in general, I mean, I got to go with, like, Carson Wentz. I mean, he's not going to be one of your first round – first couple round guys, I don't think. But, I mean, just you look at the injuries on him, like, you – I don't think you can draft him as your number one quarterback and feel very confident that he'll even make it through mm -hmm. the whole season. That's maybe a little more biased on just, you know, regular season, just actual playing football, but – I think mean, you want consistency on your number one quarterback, and I just don't think he can provide that for you. Well, Kyle, number one, you can't let Alex listen to this now. Yeah, I was, <laughs> was going to say, but it's a good thing we didn't have Alex on here. <laughs> he would have explained that. All right, and how about you, Kyle Brester? You know, I'm looking down the list trying to see some names. Um, I think 
a lot of people are still going to believe in Aaron Rodgers and draft him high, though I still don't really trust his weapons outside of uh, Devontae Adams. I still, I still think Devontae Adams will score, obviously, because he's just such a stud. But when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, the player for fantasy, I just don't see it being wise to at least draft him as high as I think people are going to, because like, it always happens year in and year out. Uh, but one name that I'm looking at is Joe Burrow. And I know th- the guy was great in college, and I know that he's got some good weapons. I mean, if A.J. Green comes back, he'll be great. Tyler Boyd's a really good athlete. Joe Mixon, they just gave him a deal, so you know he's going to be a part of the game plan going forward. But, you know, it's still a, a rebuilding team, and the offensive line could be a little bit better from last year, but even still, it's not to where it's an – it could – it's not enough to where – it could protect Joe Burrow enough to keep making so many plays they want him week in and week out. So maybe he could be a guy that takes a flyer, but if you're counting on him to be that quarterback one as like the stud for the entire season, I just don't really buy that yet. I would agree. I think taking any rookie quarterback in fantasy for your, for your QB one is a huge gamble. I would not be willing to take it. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow could be the exception, you know, after what we've seen of him, but I I, I agree with that statement too. Like you just got to wait when it comes to rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. And I will say I did take Kyler Murray last year as a backup quarterback and he, he, he had an okay year, not, not lights out or anything, but it was all right. Right. Yeah. And Joe Burrow feels like any rookie quarterback of that stature, I feel like he's, he's more of a bi-week guy. You plug him in when your starter's out for exactly. Yeah. I mean, I trust him way more with something like that. So I guess to yeah. kind of remove myself from the Jimmy Garoppolo rant I went on, if I were to think in strictly terms of fantasy and overrated quarterbacks or somebody I maybe necessarily wouldn't want, uh, it goes back to the consistency thing for me. It's Dak Prescott. You want to talk about, mm. you know, weekend and week out, you don't know what you're going to get. It's the Cowboys in general and it starts with him. So, yeah. All right. Um, and I guess I'll go with my overhyped or, maybe oversold. I, I'm glad you mentioned it, uh, Cal Brester, because I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. I think, like you said, he's someone that's always sold high, and I think that that value is – his high-selling value is coming to an end, I think, especially with with the most recent addition at quarterback in Green Bay. While Aaron Rodgers might not be out this year, depending on how it's going there, he might be – and, you know, this might backfire. Maybe he's going to – play harder because he's got competition there now, but he might just be like, all right, I'm kind of done with this organization. They've, they've kind of done them dirty. They, he, he, op- he was openly saying before the draft, he's like, I want them to draft skill positions because they haven't given me any, any weapons in a long time. And instead of giving him weapons, they drafted his replacement. And then, you know, the Packers this last year, Aaron Rodgers had some some flashes of kind of his his usual lights out uh, football, but honestly, a lot of their games he wasn't that impressive. And where he did score pretty well with fantasy, they were playing you know maybe some subpar teams. So I, I he's not someone I think I would be, or I guess I'm not supposing I I'm not super hot on him this year. I think I think he's going to get oversold and disappoint some people. Just watch, though. We spoke this into existence, oh, and then yeah. he goes on a tear. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's going to win the freaking Super goes. Bowl now. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, Packer fans. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go with sleepers. I actually want to start this one because I want to talk about my man, Gardner Minshew. 
Ooh, all right. I like that one. I I think, you know, I don't think he's someone that maybe people are super sleeping on, but I think they're going to ignore him. I think he's a great I think he's a great pick for your QB1 cuz you know, the Jaguars were kind of going off the rails at the end of last year, but they were Gardner Minshew was leading that team. He was a, you know, a rookie quarterback who wasn't drafted super high. You know, they were really relying on Nick Foles and he came out and he he played some darn good football and he 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 is a very competent quarterback and I think the Jaguars are in a weird spot right now where a lot of their talent isn't necessarily crazy like bailout and win you the game talent but they've got a lot of decent receivers that he can kind of spread the ball out to and you saw that last year with him he he did spread it out uh but I think he's a good pick I, that so that's my sleeper locked it in well, especially with Fournette now being on the team, they're going to be pass heavy for sure. Oh yeah, I was I was surprised hearing that. I, I did not expect that news. Yeah, yeah, man, that that organization is something else. But whatever, you, if you want to lose a talented guy, like go right ahead. But yeah, that's weird. <laughs> All right, um, I guess let's shoot it to you again, Kyle Brasser. Who's your Who's your sleeper? I have a couple listed, but I'll just start off with the one that I think a lot of people like especially aren't thinking about and that's cam newton like i know earlier before he got signed with the patriots like people were thinking oh he doesn't have it anymore like he's still coming back from his injury yada yada but after he got signed and once he showed up to practice like i've heard nothing but good things about the guy like it sounds like he's almost and it could be you know camp hype we just don't know yet but if it's true though like the guy could be back to cam newton form and that could be really good for fantasy i mean Maybe he won't be the guy that you want week in and week out. But if you're in a tight spot and you need, um, you know, a guy to help you win a game, Cam Newton could be it. I mean, between him being so mobile as we've seen in past years and with the cannon of an arm that he has, Belichick could find a way to make that work for Cam and that could really be beneficial for a fantasy, uh, for a fantasy uh, person to have uh, when it comes to drafting him. Yeah, and that's we're. I want to talk about this next week with Jared too, but I definitely can see we. I can definitely see us having a uh, Cam Newton resurgence this year. Yeah, um, comeback player. Yeah, I I can see it. And you said you had another one you want to talk about. Oh, I just have a couple listed down, and Cam was oh, kind of okay. at the top of the list. But you guys, uh, maybe you guys already have what I have written down. So let's hear it. Uh, so go ahead, Kyle, uh, Mitchell. That is. <laughs> Yeah, well, Justin, you kind of stole mine there with the uh, Minshew mania or madness or whatever they call him. I mean, he <laughs> last year, you know, <laughs> the mighty mustache. He came in at twenty-one. The mighty mustache. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like you said, he came in there like he wasn't even supposed to be the starter. You know, I think he was a sixth-round draft pick and just supposed to be a backup. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he came in, had twenty-one touchdowns, six interceptions. I think he threw over thirty-two hundred yards. But uh, it was like someone else in the same division. Actually, I'm going with Ryan Tannehill with the Titans. Oh, I, mean, I love like it. Of, yeah. That same kind of situation, you know. <laughs> Hot take. Um, <laughs> he, like, you know, it's kind of similar situation. He came in there just to be the backup and, you know, injuries and benched and everything else. He came in, threw for 2,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, just six interceptions is all in, you know, 70% completion rate, completion percentage. I mean – and you, I mean, not even talking fantasy, but you saw him, you know, obviously they led on, you know, used uh, Derrick Henry, was the leader of that team and their main weapon. But, I mean, 
Brian Tannehill, he he can make some throws. He you know, yeah. it wasn't just uh Derrick Henry on that team. He I don't know, I feel like he can have kind of an even better season this year. Yeah, I, All I right, like it. I like, I like it. the reasoning. I, <laughs> I really do. I, I didn't even think of Tannehill, if I'm being perfectly honest. That's <laughs> I I should have, but man. Yeah. All right. You're here first. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess we'll move on to you, Jared. Uh, yeah. So when I picked this person as a sleeper, I kind of had a problem using that word, but we have not talked about him yet at all. So I feel better about that. Um, Matt Ryan with the Falcons. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. I hate to hear it, but I do agree. So he, <laughs> he has kind of been the eye of the storm that's been the Falcons lately. He's been the one consistent kind of cornerstone. Last year, he led the NFL in pass completions with 408, right? And he was third in pass attempts with 616. And speaking of those pass attempts, he had 616 last year, like I said, 2018, he had 608, which is a huge increase from 2017, which he had 529. So he's passing the ball now more than he was a few years ago. So that should be something that turns fantasy owners on to him a little bit. The fact that he's probably – and when you have a guy like Julio Jones catching the ball, you know, he's going to take to the air a lot. He finished last year uh, with a average of 27.2 completions per game, which also led the league. So – not only is he throwing the ball a lot, he's completing it a lot. And that's going to get you points. Uh, you know, that's going to add up after a game and a season. And I think he's this really solid guy to have. And I don't think he's somebody that people are thinking about too much of. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, people kind of forget about Matt Ryan. And it's unfortunate. Like, the guy's a stud of a quarterback. And he can bail you out in some uh, games for fantasy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people have kind of swept him under the rug in a kind of an obscurity level after the whole Super Bowl incident that we're not going to talk about. <laughs> uh, even though I do love to talk about it because as a Buccaneers fan, I have no love for the Falcons. But since that, he is he has found a resurgence in himself where he's been playing dang near MVP caliber football. And I think he's been overshadowed, obviously, by the, the new studs of the league, Lamar and uh, Patrick. I'm not going to use their first names anymore like that. That felt really wrong, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I think they've kind of overshadowed him and even, even people in his own division have overshadowed him in the past, you know, uh, cause it's hard to stand out in a division that's got Drew Brees in it. Uh, the quarterback market is always interesting. I mean, you can either go with, you know, getting one of the top five guys and playing that week in a week out or, you know, you can just go by the week and try to find the best matchups. And, you know, either route's not a bad route. I've done it both ways, and I've ended up doing well. Not winning any championships yet, but, um, yeah, as long as you as long as long you keep on the looking out for sleepers, not just in the draft, but in, you know, the waivers, you could be able to get by just fine. Mm-hmm. That's this last year. I think one of my best pickups is I picked up Kenyon Drake when he got signed, when he got dropped by the uh, the Dolphins and then signed by the Cardinals. You know, he ended up going from being really, really mediocre on the Dolphins to just having a couple of really great games back-to-back on the Cardinals and definitely helped put me up and over the hump into, into, into the playoffs. But that leads us into running backs. Let's, let's talk running backs. So who's everybody's best running back for this next year? I think, I think it's a pretty much a consensus. I'm interested to hear if anybody has a dissenting opinion. 
So I'm going to say it's Christian McCaffrey. Does anybody disagree? No, no, sir. I didn't think so. Um, and honestly, we talked about him quite a bit earlier. I, I don't personally have anything more to say about him. Does anybody else? Not about uh, McCaffrey, he, no. No, yeah. He's I, awesome. I think he's just a workhorse that <laughs> if you've seen him play or watched any of his highlights, it speaks for itself. So we're just going to go roll right into overhyped. And I, is Jared, do you have something, someone you'd want to share for this? Or uh, I do. Sleeper, it's, but? it's not, well, I have both, but my overhyped little rant here won't be nearly as passionate as my. Jimmy I can Garoppolo I can thing. hear you unfolding papers while you're getting ready to say this, so I know you have a speech ready. Uh, uh, I do have I've one. I've got that some I, thoughts. I, 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 don't even, <laughs> I don't even want to use the word overhyped, but I, I, a guy I would definitely be cautious of going after who might be an attractive name at face value would be Todd Gurley. Mm. But we don't know what Todd Gurley is right now. Like, yeah. He had such an odd end of his time with the Rams – you know, just really dropped off production wise. And I would just be really hesitant about, about going with that. Cause your running back in fantasy is probably your most important position. I would argue. Yeah. Um, because agree. they can get points for you in a variety of ways, but it, it, and it seems like maybe not superstar wise that there's so many running backs out there, but running backs in general, there are plenty to choose from. And so I would be hesitant to go with Todd Gurley, at least until we see what he's like. Now, if he comes out of the gates and he's putting up 100-yard games, then, yeah, pick him up off the waivers. But I don't, don't use a draft pick, or at least an early one on him. That's what I yeah, would say. I, I would say he's a good, like, maybe late-round pick as someone that could go either way. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, one guy that I came up with, you know, I think going into last year, I mean – I can't remember who got him in our league, but I know he was a first-round pick, is uh, Le'Veon Bell with the Jets. I mean, after signing that big contract and, you know, all the – well, first off, everything he went through with the Steelers and all that distraction, mm-hmm. hype, or whatever you want to call it. I mean, you know, he gets this big contract with the Jets and, I mean, two average two yards per game, over three yards per rush. And and for the whole season, he just had four total touchdowns. And the thing that really – when I look at these stats and stuff from last year, the thing that – struck me the most is he just had one receiving touchdown and you like go back and look if you remember just watching him on the Steelers like what kind of what a threat he was out of the backfield I mean just to go to the Jets and have one receiving touchdown for the whole year that's just just shocking really when you think about it and mm-hmm. I mean who knows this year could have a bounce back year maybe the Darnold you know both get on a roll or something after watching him last year I would be pretty cautious to take him anywhere high in the draft I, As a former Le'Veon Bell owner, I can concur. <laughs> it was tough. All right, and what about you, Brester? Are are you kind of feeling the Le'Veon Bell overhype as well, or that was a good one? I do like that pick. Then again, it's coming from a Kyle as well. So how can I not think <laughs> that's a great idea? But um, great thing to like. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but one guy that I have in mind for overhype is Melvin Gordon of the Denver Broncos. And I know why people want to take him. Like, the dude's a stud. Like, we've seen it with the Chargers when he was with them up until, you know, the final year when Austin Eckler took over. Um, and, he's, and he's probably in a great system with the Broncos. I mean, it seems like that offense is going to be, you know, high-flying, and it seems like their O-line is, you know, capable enough of helping Gordon lead the way. 
but there's another guy right behind him in Philip Lindsay. And I like Philip Lindsay a lot. I'm not saying that, you know, Lindsay is going to take over Gordon's role of maybe being the starter or nothing. But I think that Philip Lindsay is still pretty darn talented to where that team is going to want to use them both a lot. So to see Gordon taken as early as he is in the mocks that I've seen in like the third or fourth round, I just don't think I'd want to do that. I think I would rather just find a wide receiver or even a running back, a third running back, even if I'm going with double running backs in the first two rounds um, that might have a bit more upside than Melvin Gordon would. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to see how that plays out, of course, but for right now, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of nervous about that running back situation. Yeah. I, I am also a little hesitant to take a running back just from the Broncos themselves. Cause last year, you know, going into last year, I was like, Oh man, Philip Lindsay is going to have a great year. He, his, uh, his rookie season, he came in and he was just balling out. He was having just a grand old time. Yeah, and I felt yeah. like he was really underutilized last year. That's there was some coaching chains up changes up change ups. Oh my word. Denver. <laughs> and I don't think they, I think they kind of shifted more to a, pass heavy offense and I don't think they utilized running backs nearly as much as they could have Um, it was definitely a running back by committee that's for sure I agree and you know Lindsay still had you know over a thousand yards but um his fantasy points yeah it didn't translate to fantasy points right right my overhyped running back I have a tough time because I think a lot of times running backs can change from year to year but and it's kind of Bad timing, because originally I was going to say Fournette, because I, I do think he's a good running back, but... <laughs> he's really hyped now. You don't want him now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now, that he's, now that he's not on Jacksonville, I don't feel like... We don't know where he's at right now, so it's... Who knows if he's even going to be on a team? Right now, he's still on waivers. Yeah, and a little footnote real quick. Uh, to anyone who is a fantasy owner or commissioner out there, this is exactly why you don't do your draft until like the week before the season starts. Yes. Yeah. For stuff like this, because I've heard of people who drafted him a couple weeks ago and now they're like, uh Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm kind of at a loss right now for this question because I, I just kind of got blindsided by that. I will say, I think Derek Henry's going to sell really high. I think he's going to go really, really soon. And we, we have seen in the past with, Running backs that are very, very talented, after they get a big contract, they do have a dip off in performance because they, you know, the, the old mm-hmm. adage is they don't have to prove it anymore. Um, yeah. it's, it's something we kind of saw with Zeke a little bit. Not to a huge extent, but, you know, Derrick Henry might, might slip off from the performance he had last year, although I'm saying that I, I kind of doubt it. I don't have a good answer for my, my overhyped, but. It's a fair point, though, to be made. That's for sure. Yeah, I will say my sleeper though, or let's just go into sleepers. I should say I'm not gonna I'm gonna not gonna share first. I'll let Jared go first this time. All right, so uh, I for my sleeping running back, sleeping sleeper running. Back. <laughs> he's <laughs> just hey. really tired on the sidelines. He, hey. He's not gonna be. Uh... You know, he was tired after last year's NFC Championship game. Can anyone guess who it is? Uh, Raheem Mostert. It is. All I right. went with Raheem Mostert as my oh. sleeper. Mm, I like it. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he didn't have a 1,000-yard season last year. He still had his career-best season by far. But uh, 
he's somebody that when I looked at his stats, the bulk of them came kind of toward the end of the Niners regular season and then into the playoffs. So he was really picking up steam. Like I said, the NFC championship game, he had four touchdowns. Okay. He had four touchdowns and then he had one the week before against Minnesota in the division round. So he had five touchdowns in the playoffs. He had two touchdowns against the Seahawks in the last game of the season. He was really picking up steam. Like I said, they were really starting to figure out how valuable he was to that offense, I feel like. And I think that's something that's going to carry over into this year. Again, his numbers don't pop off the page right now anyway, but he's somebody that I would definitely look at because like I said before, running backs is the most important position in fantasy, I think. And running back depth is coincidentally super important. So he's a, I think he's a good number two to have sitting waiting in the wings there if you know you find yourself in a tight spot when it comes to your running backs interesting yeah I'm just nervous about Shanahan and how he uses his running backs in an offense mm-hmm. I mean one mm-hmm. week I mean we saw in that last stretch you know Mozart was killing it of course but he still has you know Tevin Coleman we could still see Jared McKinnon people haven't heard that name maybe in a while but he could come back and light <laughs> it up too like Shanahan yeah. just knows how to use any sort of running back that he has in his arsenal. And, you know, even beyond those three guys, they probably have a whole ton more. So I get why he's a sleeper though. But personally for me, when it gets to be that crowd of a backfield with a mind like Shanahan, I, I would just think of maybe just waiting and seeing how that plays out, but I get it though. I get it. That's fair. And it's, it is a risk for sure. Like it's, it's something that I would definitely, have to think on before I uh, pulled the trigger on it but uh, he's he's the first name that came to mind when Justin asked me that question so yeah mm-hmm. I mean it, again it's a sleeper you know yeah that's you why they call not it think that. about it exactly all right Kyle Mitchell share your thoughts on your sleeper well I kind of have two real quick one I mean at least it seems like every year these past few years that I've been in fantasy anyway there's always at least one rookie running back that always really seems to a lot of them overperform and just really perform well anyway. And this year, one guy I'd want to talk about real quick is just Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the rookie for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think just – I mean, maybe not specifically him. Obviously, he's a beast of a running back if you watch him play in college. But I think you can just talk about any running back into that Chiefs offense, and they're going to put up good numbers. I mean, I think regardless of who you have. But another guy I want to talk about, and this is a little bit of a homer pick, and I believe Jared was a little upset because I think I drafted him right – right above him, might have been two years ago, is uh, James White for the Patriots. Yep. And <laughs> I thought that was right. But uh, one thing, I know last year his stats were down a little bit, but two years ago he had, I think he won me quite a few games on uh, in fantasy that year. And one reason I kind of thought of him as a sleeper pick, I mean, I know the Patriots, they're kind of running back by committee. But you look at with Cam Newton most likely being their starting quarterback, and James White has a very kind of similar style as Christian McCaffrey. If you go back when Cam and McCaffrey were playing together, the numbers that they put up, I mean, I'm not saying James White is the athlete that McCaffrey is, but they have pretty similar style as uh, catching out of the backfield. And I think if you put him in that offense, I mean, I think you can see a lot of, a lot of good numbers and similar type of stats with them. I, I hadn't thought of it that way. I'm going to be honest. I think, that's, I think that's a good pick. I might, I might be picking up James White. <laughs> I'll remember that one when the draft night comes. Yep. First overall pick, Kyle Mitchell, James White. Easy. Book it now. Write it down. <laughs> All right, Mr. Brester. 
Man, running back sleepers. Uh, you know, the name that comes to mind is Marlon Mack. And I get why p- people are drafting him later than normal. I mean, they got Jonathan Taylor. Um, and Jonathan Taylor, you know, is that shiny new toy that everyone is thinking is going to, you know, break out and just be terrific. But I don't know. At the same time, Marlon Mack is familiar for that offense, and he's really good still, too. I mean, I just wouldn't be shocked if Mack could be able to beat him out, at least for the first half of the year anyway, and just be able to give people enough points at the start of the season. It could change midway through, but that's okay. That's what, the, that's what you know, trades are for. But I don't know. I, wouldn't, I would not be against trying to take Marlon Mack in the late rounds just to see what the outcome becomes of Jonathan Taylor. Interesting, interesting choices. All right, so I've got a couple that I've, that I've been thinking about. One of who was – and I, I decided not to pick him as – as my number one pick for sleeper, but one of my picks for sleeper would be Ronald Jones out of Tampa Bay. I think with the addition of, of Brady defenses are going to be a lot more keen on the, on the passing game, knowing that, Hey, not every other throw is going to be an interception this year. (laughs) Um, And having to focus on the fact that, you know, we've got, we've got threats that can be down the field fairly quickly. Um, and he's always been one of those running backs that I feel is just like on the cusp of being able to break out and have a, a just a phenomenal year, but hasn't quite got there. My actual pick, though, because he's been he came off a pretty poor season, all things considered, is Tariq Cohen. He had a fairly bad year with the Bears this past year. All, the Bears this past year, they were coming off the double doink, and <laughs> I just I don't know what they were quite. Doing. I think. Uh, you know, since he had a kind of a poor year, people have kind of just forgotten about him, you know, like a one and done kind of deal. But I think Tariq, I, th- I think Tariq Cohen is a good pick. All right. No, I see the reasoning for sure. You know, I actually had Tariq Cohen. Uh, I can't even remember if it was the beginning of last year, or the beginning of the year before, but uh, he was pretty productive at least right off the jump for me. Yeah. Um, last year I was looking at his stats. He, he never broke the 20 point mark. Um, he kind of yo-yoed between having like a four-point game and like a 13 to 15-point game. Like even against defenses that he just should have shredded. Yeah. Um, and a lot right. of it I know was he was just not getting put in. And I'm really surprised because – and it's part of why I picked him because I feel like the Bears are just not super solid at quarterback. Um, it's definitely fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. I, I What was the – what was – uh? What was a quote I read the other day? It was like, because Foles and um, Trubitsky have been competing for the quarterback job. And someone said, like, Foles hasn't, you know, shined enough to make himself the starter right away, but neither has Trubitsky. Yikes. So yeah. that, that doesn't, I don't think, bode well for the Bears. Yeah. All right. So let's, I know Jared has been, like, hotly anticipating wide receiver have because boy when we get to sleepers guys i am going deep in the bag all right <laughs> deep all right so let's start off with our best receiver that we see this year um who wants to start us off uh i'll go i'll take it okay go ahead jared i was drawn to the nfc south because you've got i think three viable options as really good guys i think you've got you can never count out julio jones in atlanta i think that michael thomas with the Saints is obviously again speaks for himself, and then you got Mike Evans with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. So, 
of those three, I did end up going with Julio. I th- I've had Julio on my fantasy team before. He's always consistently a double-digit guy. You know, weekend and we rarely does he dip below ten points. Again, the on-the-field product speaks for itself. Uh, yeah, I mean, do I really need to say any more about Julio? Julio. <laughs> no, man, I get it. Julio's just awesome. He's the one for me, anyway. He's your number one guy. He, he's who he's who I would probably take. Yeah, him yeah. or him or Michael Thomas, probably. Right, right. All right. But, uh, let's hear why I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, totally get Julio, Michael Thomas. I mean, one A or one B, you know. If I wasn't able to get Julio or Michael Thomas, assuming like that's the order that things go, I would be looking at Devonte Adams or DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, Devonte has grown on me a lot as a player. I usually did not think high of him, but the last few years, he really has broken out and proved me wrong, and he's been especially phenomenal for fantasy. So I would go with the reliable connection between him and Aaron Rodgers. And also DeAndre Hopkins, because he's DeAndre Hopkins. Like, no matter who the quarterback is, good or bad, the dude just balls out week in and week out, able to get the job done. And, I mean, even though he's transitioned to, you know – a new offense has a different quarterback uh, maybe just different schemes in general, but as long as Kyler Murray is as competent or if not more than uh, he was last year, Deandre Hopkins is going to be fine. He's easily going to be a reliable go-to guy as your wideout one. So, you know, if he falls to you, Deandre, I say, take him. I think he's still going to be great for you. Yeah. I don't, I agree with a lot with the Kyle number one there. I think Deandre Hopkins hey. obviously, Hopkins being the receiver that he is, I think is really going to really gonna do well. I mean, again, you could go back to Michael Thomas. I mean, especially if you're getting points for reception. I mean, I believe he broke the record for receptions last year mm-hmm. in the NFL. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with him. But another guy that I've had a lot of luck with, I think I've had him both in the past two years of fantasy, is Tyree Kill for the Chiefs. And mm-hmm. I know he went through some injuries last year. But when he's healthy, he won me, I think, a lot of games just on – him going off in games. I mean, obviously everyone knows about the speed and, but he can get quite a few receptions at the same time. And, you know, I've had very good luck with him. Fingers crossed. I can get him again this year's draft. Now that I'm saying this, I might not have as much luck with that, but uh, <laughs> I think you can't go wrong with Tyreek Hill. I'm going to return to the NFC South. Cause I think right now it's just so stacked with receiver talent. Um, and I'm going to kind of do a two-parter, you know, if you, think i'm just playing the the favorites here you can tell me about it later but i'm gonna say i'm gonna say mike evans or chris godwin i think either of those as your as your primary wide receiver or in some magical christmas land if you got both of them you'd be set um chris godwin had his breakout year and i i was hot on him from the beginning of last year i took him in our draft i was like he is this is his year like, I just – partially because I watch a decent amount of Buccaneers football, I was like, I know he's breaking out this year. But he has got such a good ability to make himself open and just break in zone coverage. And, obviously, Mike Evans on the other side of the field, you got to cover him because he's, he's a beast in man coverage. Um, and mm-hmm. so the combination between the two of them just – well, we saw it with, uh, you know, a quarterback that was less than perfect. <laughs> Um, well, I'll not name him, 
The, his name rhymes with Mamus. <laughs> yeah, he's the Crab King. <laughs> um, but you know, he was able to do amazing things with both of them, and their their fantasy numbers can speak for that. Regardless of the quarterback, those two receivers will always put up amazing numbers, and I think you're solid with either of them. Man, I tell you what, uh, last year I had Mike Evans, and I had a decent trade pop up for me to where I could have gotten Chris Godwin, had them both, and I should have taken it. I kicked myself about to this day, because normally I'm like, I don't want two receivers on the same team, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. That's the exception, though. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, I agree with you. It's Tom Brady's a different quarterback than Jameis. But that's the thing. It's a lot different than Jameis. Like, he's still going to want to feed those two weapons, but it's yeah. going to be minus the interception. So I know. Um, but, yeah, let's, let's move on to overhyped receivers. Go ahead and start us off. How about Kyle Mitchell? Let's, let's start with you this time. I want to hear your opinion on overhyped receivers. All right. Well, the guy that I came up with is uh, – it was kind of tough. I could go back to a different few guys. I mean, but the guy that I came up with is uh, – Amari Cooper for the Cowboys, actually. The main reason, just the other amount of weapons around him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Michael Gallup. You got uh, C.D. Lamb that they drafted this year in the first round. And obviously, Zeke Elliott, he's going to take quite a few uh, points in, during the game and stuff. And I just think they have almost too many weapons, you know, on a fantasy, a fantasy perspective anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to be consistent with him every single game. And I mean, I'm sure he's going to have very good games when he goes off like he does, but I think just trying to predict that and being consistent every week as you're maybe your first receiver you take, that, you know, a little wouldn't be, it'd be tough for me to pick him, you know, in that slot. Uh, Kyle, you took the wind right out of my sails, buddy. (laughs) That was was my pick. I'm glad Justin picked me first. Yeah. That was my, (laughs) that was my pick too. And you uh, pretty much listed off all the reasons why. I am so happy that I'm hearing other people that agree with me about Amari Cooper. He's a talented receiver, but man, when it comes to fantasy, he's boomer bust. And especially with Gallup and now CD Lamb added to the mix, mm-hmm. that's def- I think that's definitely going to be the case. I mean, he's not, he wasn't the guy that I was choosing for overhyped, but I like that pick, though. I do. I agree. I agree. So uh, who is your overhyped guy then, Kyle? An overhyped guy for me off the bat is Odell Beckham Jr. And I know that the guy is coming – off of injury. I know he already had a thousand yard season, but I just didn't see the production uh, when it comes to fantasy. And I just am nervous about taking a chance on him and picking him as even a wide receiver too. And um, mm-hmm. on top of that, they added Austin Hooper. They still have Jarvis Landry. Um, you know, that backfield is loaded between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Any one of them can take, you know, uh, reps and catches. Odell's a stud. If anyone else takes him and they get, you know, some great, uh, some great points out of him. That's awesome. But would I want to take that chance on him personally? No. So that's why I, I would list him as one of uh, my overhyped guys. I was going to say Odell as well. It, for all the same reasons. He just, I owned him last year in fantasy. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I was a little overhyped on the Browns last year. Same. Then <laughs> I, I just, I was like, man, it seems like a recipe for success. And it clearly wasn't. Although, I'm not going to attribute that to the talent on the team. I think a lot of it had to do with coaching. Um, and Odell did have some good games last year, um, but not enough of them to make him a solid receiver in fantasy like he had been in the past. Right. And, I mean, coaching could change, and they're especially wanting to do 
uh, the ground and pound run game a lot more, which could open up play action. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen Odell make some magic out of, you know, that, that's, that's for sure. So, I you know, agree. that's possible, but I don't want to take that chance. I just keep saying I agree. My brain's just fried right now. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'll, not to get on too much of a tangent, we're, I'm a teacher, as I think most of you know. This is our second week of doing back-to-school trainings. We delayed ourselves by two weeks to get ready. Well, hey, thank you for doing all that stuff, man. It's awesome that teachers are working as hard as they are, that's for sure. We're trying our best. We're, oh, we're yeah. going back to school in person, but we keep hearing that we're you know, it started off as a, we might go remote to it's more or less, when are we going to go remote? I actually, I need to give a, one of the other hosts from Kyle Brester, your guys' podcast a call because he's starting his first year of teaching this year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's already on a roll right now, less I heard. So yeah. uh, shout out to him. Shout out to you. Shout out to all the teachers out there, man, because you guys are the MVPs right now. Definitely. Thanks. You're the number one pick Agreed. in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> I would choose you as my first overall pick. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, let's who would you pick as your sleeper for teachers? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um so yeah, let's talk about sleepers for wide receivers though. Um let's save Jared for last because I know he's gotten deep into it. And oh, I, I'm chomping I at the sure. bit here. I love it. <laughs> I actually kind of want to start because I, I've, I've been thinking about this for a bit. I, and I'm probably going to mess up his name, but Deontay Johnson on the Steelers. He, he last year was kind of their wide receiver two across from Juju Smith-Schuster. And they both had subpar years. But if you look at the mess that was the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh this last year, I think you can understand why. And this year they have... Ben, Big Ben Roethlisberger back, who, even if he's coming off an injury, even if he's old, even if he's the so-so person that he is, is still light years of a better quarterback than what we saw last year. You have James Conner in the backfield. I think uh, both those receivers are going to have good years, and I think, I think that Johnson is going to have a bit of a breakout year this year, and I think he's going to be you know, someone that is either going to go undrafted in fantasy leagues and get picked up on waivers really, really quick, um, or is going to be a late-round hit for somebody. Yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean, man. Who do you got as your sleeper for wide receiver? Uh, you mind if I list off two? Yeah, go ahead. Maybe see if I can steal uh, Jared's thunder. <laughs> I would be shocked <laughs> if you picked my guy. But all right. All right. I'm now, now the suspense is killing me. Uh, so the first guy is John Brown of the Buffalo Bills. I understand that, you know, Stephon Diggs is probably going to be the number one guy after he got traded from the Vikings to the Bills. And honestly, I would take a chance on Diggs too, absolutely. But after seeing what John Brown did with Josh Allen, that consistency week in and week out, that reliable uh, slot guy that Josh was able to launch to and get touchdowns and yards out of, the fact that he's still being drafted so late in, in many mock drafts I've seen is just so surprising to me. And if he fell to me in you know, some of those later rounds, I'm going to be taking him because I am hoping and counting that even though Diggs is there, that that uh, consistency is still going to be coming back. And with my other one is Brian Edwards of the Raiders, of the Las Vegas Raiders now. Um, That's going to get some taking use too. Yeah, sure. no <laughs> 
No kidding. I had to correct myself. I almost said Oakland there. Um, the guy has, from the sounds of things, it sounds like he's been lining up at camp. Almost sounds like as though he's outshining more than their first round pick, Henry Ruggs. And just today they said that Tyrell Williams, who was their lead receiver um, outside of Hunter Renfro, uh, it sounds like he's now placed on IR and is out for the rest of the year. So if this hype about Brian Edwards is true, would be he would be a guy that I would definitely be on the lookout for. Rookie wide receivers, you know, uh, sometimes you have to wait like the first half of the year. But this is a guy that I'm feeling like I'd want to take a chance on right away. I, I don't know. I have good feelings about him. Yeah, I, I have trouble taking rookie receivers just because that talent just doesn't always transfer. But I mean, I understand, I understand with the rookie thing, like, I always, when it comes to the rookie wideouts, I always try and wait until the second half of the year. But strangely enough, this year I've been getting convinced about taking chances with some rookies, and uh, Brian Edwards is definitely up there. It's interesting that you you talked about him just lighting it up at camp because I, 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 I I'll be honest, I don't pay much attention to the Raiders. Yeah, uh, news wise, they're they're kind of far from where my my football news headspace is at, and. Mm-hmm. But it's it's always interesting to hear about rookies that just come and just are just outworking and outplaying the the veterans there. Yeah, it's weirdly exciting. I don't know. It, it fills me with joy some for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like I just like seeing players be able to ball out, especially young guys who are yeah. my age but just more talented. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I I have a good feeling about this guy. Hopefully, I'm not wrong about it. But there you go. All right, uh, Mr. Mitchell. Yeah, so thank you, Mr. Wright. I mean, going like with my pick here, I think like I didn't really see him as a sleeper until I was kind of looking how people they had him, uh, you know, the so-called experts had him ranked. But uh, and I don't think Jared and Kyle are going to think this, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Tyler Lockett from the Seahawks. Um, oh. You know, last year he uh, kind of was wasn't the most steady when it came to like fantasy points, but he still came up with over 80 receptions. He's putting up quite a bit of points, and obviously when you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson, I mean, he's going to find you. And it seems like every time I watch a Seahawks game or you've seen highlights, Tyler Lockett was just making some crazy, insane play or catching the corner of the end zone or whatever it was, or punt return or kick return or, like, everything it seemed like. And I think he's just such a weapon that he's going to find ways to score points no matter what. So I think, you know, I think he's going to have a pretty good year as well. As a former Tyler Lockett owner from several several years in a row, I almost always try to pick him up if he's on waivers because I know it's almost like clockwork. He is good for one touchdown a game at the mm-hmm. league. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. you can dang near set your clock by it. There's been games where I want to say it was against Kyle last year where I was behind and I was like, I need Tyler Lockett. He's my last player. I need him to get a touchdown and I win this game. And he hadn't got one at that point. And it was going like into the fourth quarter and he finally got his touchdown. And it was just like, <laughs> he has, he has pushed me over the edge to win in games before it's, he is a great pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Jared can attest to this. There's a lot of hype around DK right now. Russ is working his butt off in order to make sure that he and DK have a connection and it's mm-hmm. clearly obvious in camp, but people are forgetting him and Tyler have a connection unlike anything that I've seen in a long time. Like the, those two just always find a way to get it unspoken. done. So, unspoken. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I get mm-hmm. the hype for DK. Like I'm on board with it too, but 
you can always count on Tyler and Russ to be game changers for your yeah. fantasy team. A lot. It kind of reminds me a lot, honestly, of like Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson back in the day. Ooh, like, yeah. Where you just Ooh. know yeah, they're going to be able to connect regardless of the situation. So that's a good, that's a good pick there, Kyle, because people are thinking about DK more than Tyler. I like DK, but yeah. I would still choose Tyler over DK. Yeah, he just feels like he's kind of just forgotten sometimes, and at least from what you know, I see, and I mean, I'm sure you guys obviously pay a lot more attention to him than I do, but it's just you know such a weapon that people it's surprising that people forget about him so much. Oh yeah, I'm counting on it because I want to snipe him up again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Love Jared, we finally got to you. All right, the man, the myth, the legend with the super sleeper pick. All right, so uh, Justin and. Kyle Mitchell, you you know this about me, Kyle Brester. I don't know if you do, but so something I do is I'm a beat writer actually for the Tulane Green Wave for Underdog Dynasty. It's a yeah. it's an SB Nation site, so I write for Tulane. I watch their games a lot. I have over the last three seasons. So I'm going to go with a rookie wide receiver, and I know we talked about the risks involved with that a little bit ago. But uh, in the fifth round of the draft this year, the Chicago Bears drafted a young man named Darnell Mooney out of Tulane. And I've had the privilege of watching this kid play for the last three seasons in college. And uh, the Bears got a good one. He ran the third fastest time at the 40 this year in the combine. He ran a 4.38. Kid's got speed. I've watched him play enough to know what his hands are like. He can catch dang near anything that's thrown his way. The knock on him was that he's got a little bit of a smaller frame than you'd like to see with an NFL receiver, but I think he went to the perfect place where he can have his talent showcased in his first season. Uh, besides Allen Robinson, the Bears are pretty shaky at best at pass catching, I think. <laughs> and, and again, the whole quarterback situation isn't ideal either, but I think and everything I've read from Chicago beat writers say that of all of their incoming rookies, this is the one they are the most excited about because mostly because of the speed he brings to the table. He has a chance to kind of be one of these out of nowhere uh, household names in a year or two for the bears. And like I said, he's coming into a team that he was, doesn't have a whole lot of competition. I mean, he's, he's been signed to a deal. He obviously made the team. I'm just, I just, I'm high on the kid. And again, it might be coming from a point of a little bit of bias because I've watched him for three years in college, but I'm telling you the talent that I saw out of him every Saturday in college, I really don't think he's going to have that much of a problem translating it to the NFL. And he's somebody that, you know, he's going to show up on people's draft boards in like the 12th round and they're going to be like, who is this? Uh, take him, J just take him because I really <laughs> think I really think that it might not be for a couple of weeks, but he's going to come into his own in Chicago and he could have a nice little career for himself. But do you, do you think he can outplay Anthony Miller? Cause right now there's some people who are thinking that he could be a sleeper as well. You know, I think he could, I think, the, I think the potential's there. Okay. I, I just, again, it, and it, with rookies, like we've talked about, it's going to take a couple of weeks to really see things, but uh, I was really excited for, and I'm in no way a Bears fan, but I was excited for them and for this young man when he got picked by the Bears because I really think it's a good fit for both parties. I think had he gone somewhere like uh, 
Kyle Mitchell was mentioning with Dallas, you know, where they already have so much talent, he would have been lost in the shuffle or maybe not even made the team. And I just think that Chicago is going to be a really good opportunity for him. And I mean, you never know what can happen with injuries either. Something happens to Robinson or Miller, they're going to need somebody to turn to. And from what I've heard, everything I've understood uh, from what I've gathered is he's really making a name for himself at camp already. They love him there. So keep an eye on that kid, Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney. All right. That's on my list now. That's on my list to watch out for. That's my sleeper though. Is that sleepy enough of a sleeper for you? That that's a pretty darn sleepy sleeper. Uh, I like it. Yeah, hashtag us at uh, at the expansion bu one with hashtag sleepy sleeper. <laughs> I had to give a shout out to my Tulane boys. All right, so we're we're darn darn near out of time. I don't know why I went with the accent there. Pardon me, I'm getting tired. It's been a long day, like I said. <laughs> Um, so I don't think we're going to get into defense today. So let's end it with tight ends. And I, I would love to dive into the defense because I've got some opinions about defensive players that I'd love to share, but that might just have to not happen this time. How about this? I'll say we'll get some thoughts from our, our guests here and Jared and I will compile those and we'll put some, some picks for you guys out on Twitter. Uh, oh, I can do that. Yeah, after the episode comes out on on defenses and defensive players. Well, question real quick. Kyle Brester, do you guys do defensive players in your league? We don't do defensive players, but we do defenses. But I'd, glad, I'd be glad to give any input however I can. Okay, yeah. Oh, we you should do defensive players. It's a ton of fun. It's something, for sure. It makes you interesting. <laughs> Jared, it's something. It's not fun, though. It's, it's all right. When you have Bobby Wagner, it's a lot more fun. So, All right. Ooh. <laughs> but have you ever had Minka Fitzpatrick? I'm just saying. Uh, okay. All right. No, All right. but we've had a Jamal Adams. We, there you go. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I was just talking about in fantasy. The Buccaneers also don't have a Minka Fitzpatrick or Jamal Adams. So I... <laughs> All right. No, tight fair end. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so let's talk tight ends. Um, I'm going to say it right out the gate. I think the best tight end for fantasy because he's got a very high floor and a ceiling that i think we have yet to fully see george kittle hands down i don't and honestly i don't feel like i need to justify it i think he's that good uh yeah as someone who's played him twice a year yeah no i don't have any arguments there he is a very scary man uh yeah travis kelsey george kittle 1a 1b you take either one of them you're golden mm-hmm. probably consensus here too <laughs> yeah any any dissenting opinion from you mr mitchell I mean, like you said, it's 1A, 1B. I mean, I could see Travis Kelsey maybe being slightly more, you know, attractive maybe or however you want to say it just because obviously Mahomes is a lot better. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback, very good. Obviously got them to the Super Bowl last year. But I think you look who's throwing to each other. I think I got to go, you know, obviously Mahomes going to Kelsey. I think I'd rate Kelsey just a pinch higher over George Mm. Kittle. All right. So, and I feel like this is going to be a tough one to talk about overrated or overhyped because honestly as we said before in the beginning tight ends are really boomer bust and so i'm gonna say one that i that i i think some of you guys might have already thought about i'm gonna say gronkowski i think he's gonna people are gonna be like oh he's coming back he's awesome but you know in tampa bay we've got now three tight ends who are incredibly talented we've got gronkowski we've got Cameron Bray, we got oj howard gronkowski's coming back after a little bit of a hiatus Although he does have that chemistry with Brady, 
We know that. Um, but OJ Howard has, you know, been my consistent tight end sleeper pick over the past few years. He is a incredibly talented tight end who I don't think has gotten the love he deserves over the past few years. Um, but if you've been a Tampa Bay fan or watching Tampa Bay at all, you, you've seen him put in the work, you've seen what he can do, and he's very talented. O.J. Howard, he, he thrived a lot more, honestly, with Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was there. But, you know, he's a very good tight end, but he has yet to have his time to shine in Tampa. And part of that was with the new offense implemented this last year. But he could very well also have a great year. And I feel like with the three tight ends, we're going to see a lot of rotations. And I don't think Gronk is going to be able to put up big, consistent numbers every time. I am right there with you. Yeah, this is something I, obviously, as a Tampa fan, I think a lot about. I think, you know, it's great for our team, bad for fantasy owners. Yeah, yeah totally get that. Very good way to put it. Well, I'll, I'll go next, I guess. Uh, <laughs> somebody I talked about already, and I can talk about it because I'm talking from experience, is Kyle Rudolph. And again, I don't like necessarily using the word overrated because I think, I think he's a phenomenal tight end. But uh, as, fan, as far as fantasy goes, he's just too inconsistent. And it's just – it's like Kyle Brester said earlier. It's not a game you want to play. It, the guessing game is never fun when it comes to fantasy. I think all of us at some point or another can attest to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tight end is one of those sneaky positions where I feel like it's kind of an afterthought, whether it be in regular football or fantasy. But it's super important in both. You're gonna, consistency is the key is what I'm trying to say. It, and I'm not saying don't take Kyle Rudolph because the other thing I've realized, especially in a 10-person fantasy league like we're in, tight end talent gets spread real thin real quick. You need somebody, but if there's guys like Ertz or Kelsey or Kittle on the board, obviously don't go with Kyle Rudolph first. <laughs> he, he's just somebody I'd be wary about is what I'm trying to say. Uh, he's not necessarily bad, but you just got to make sure to play him the right week. That's what I'll say. That's a good way to put it for a lot of tight ends, though, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Let's talk sleeper tight ends, because I feel like this is a this is the category where we could all go different directions and no one can be correct or right. And tight end, I, I think, especially is tough because there's such a physical position that the injury rates are super high. Who, has a, who, ha, who feels the strongest about their sleeper right now that wants to go first? I mean, I have a decent one, but I don't know. I feel like I used all my sleeper energy on receivers. <laughs> all right, go, go ahead anyway, Jared. I want to hear it. Uh, okay, so I went with Chris Herndon with the Jets. I, I have not heard that name before, honestly. I, I feel like a bad uh, Jets fan. Oh, wait, well, I'm not a Jets fan. <laughs> yeah, most people aren't. Don't feel bad. <laughs> uh, I went with him because uh, he had a really good rookie season for a tight end which was his rookie season was in 2018. He put up 502 yards and four touchdowns, you know, modest numbers, but for a rookie, not bad. He was plagued by the injury bug last year. I think there's a lot of hope at least around the Jets organization. That's a weird sentence to say that he could be kind of a go-to guy for Sam Darnold this year and now healthy again, because again, kind of like I was talking about with the bears, who do the Jets really have to go to through the air? (laughs) Darnold is, especially if Darnold is seeing ghosts out there again, he's going to need some sort of safety valve to go to often, I think. And uh, I think that Herndon here could serve as that for him. So, and we, 
playing a PPR league. So, you know, just him getting receptions is going to add up after a while. I, I don't know if he's going to put up ungodly numbers with New York. I mean, I would venture to say he probably won't, but I think he, that he would be a good guy to have waiting in the reserves just because of, again, there's not a whole lot of options. I feel like on the Jets offense outside him. So that's who I went with anyways, Chris Herndon from the Jets. All right. All right. Um, All right. Kyle Brester, would you like to go next? Yeah. Um, I'll rattle off two names for you guys. Um, the first would be Tyler Higby of the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I feel like the dude was coming into his own at uh, the second half of last year. And I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. I feel like he's almost about to be, the Rams wide receiver three in a way until at least some other wide receiver breaks out for them. So at least for like the first couple of weeks, you could use Tyler Higby as that guy that can give you either, you know, a couple of catches that's enough points for the day, or at least that one touchdown. I think he could be a very viable option. And I can't say in the other name that I want to come up with that I of course have to bring up because I'm a Seahawks fan is Will Disley. And I get mm, yep, yep, yep. he has a troubled uh, injury uh, history, but we've seen him time and time again come back and recover from his injuries really well. And clearly, if you've seen the games, the Seahawks games, the dude just has incredible chemistry with Russ. And even though they signed Greg Olson, I feel like that's just for doing tight end sets and having Greg Olson be a backup role and also a security blanket in case of Will, God forbid, goes down. But Will, I think Will Disley, Russ is going to make sure that the guy keeps getting that chemistry going and keeps getting those catches. Because uh, for the first couple of weeks uh, in the first two seasons, the dude keeps lining it up and keeps getting the job done to where I think you could see fantasy success out of it. So hopefully he finally stays for a full season. And if he does, I think people will be very happy if they pick him up off waiver wires or d- decide to take you know their last pick in the round in the rounds um, in the draft. Yeah. Disley's good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Little shout out to uh, where some of us are anyway. Uh, Bozeman, Montana. That's where he's from. So. Oh yeah. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Bozeman high. Will Disley. Very cool. Representing Bozeman, man. It's awesome. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Most successful Montana player since. Ryan Leaf. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How you got to do my boy Brock like that? <laughs> I was going to say, Brock got the job done with the Broncos. Not kinda, so much with the uh, Texans. <laughs> I, hey, don't forget, he took the Texans to the playoffs. He lost against the Patriots, but. Yeah, he, 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 did, he did good. He, he played all right. Brock yeah, was there. They, they got Deshaun Watson afterwards, but yeah, yeah. Mild <laughs> upgrade. <laughs> uh, Only right. mild. All right, Kyle, share us your tight end sleeper. Well, uh, Kyle, number one, actually stole mine and Will Disley. I had, like, oh. a whole speech ready for him. Oh, and, I knew I uh, liked this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back to uh, a guy, rookie last year who was very hyped up coming in, uh, coming into the league at, after being drafted and before the draft and everything. And that's a TJ Hawkinson from the uh, Lions. I, mean, I think he went eighth overall. I mean, coming out, like, you got all kinds of comparisons, Rob Zonkowski, you know, that kind of, he could be that type of player. He started out last season very strong, had 131 yards in week one. Um, kind of a little inconsistent the rest of the year, had some injuries he had to deal with. 
I think if he can, you know, get back to, you know, 100% healthy, get back to, you know, the player that people thought he was coming out of, uh, out of college, I think Matthew Stafford being healthy and back too is going to help. I think, I think really make people forget about his rookie season, how he didn't quite perform the way that uh, a lot of people thought he would. And I really think he can, you know, surprise some people this year as well. Yeah. I, and man, I don't know. I feel like the, the lions just don't, don't always gel with tight ends. We kind of saw that with Eric Ebron or Ebron, excuse me, where, you know, mm-hmm. he, he was not thriving in Detroit and he came to Indy and, you know, he's had a much better, he had an uptick in his career. I'll say that. How about, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I definitely, I think I believe him. I, I think I had him on my fantasy last year and yeah, he definitely increased quite a bit. Uh, once he got down there. So yeah, I'll go with my sleeper now. Um, I had to look him up. I was I was alluding to him earlier, and I'd forgotten his name, and my notes are just a muddled mess. Um, but my sleeper is James, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, O'Shaughnessy. Uh, he is a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, he got hurt after week five last year, so he only got five games in. But he had, you know – for, for what you want a tight end to do, and in my personal opinion, you want someone that in there that's going to get – in, in uh, our league at least, how the scoring works, I'm looking for someone that's getting, you know, eight to ten points a, a week. You know, that's, that's awesome. If they, if they go above ten points, that's just gravy for me. But last year he was his kind of his – what I view as like a breakout year. He actually started on the Chiefs and didn't do great. Um, and he had one other year, he had one touchdown. This past year, he had two touchdowns, only started five games. And he had some of the best numbers of his career, even with only having those, those five games. So I think he's someone that if, if he comes back and is still the Jags' number one guy, um, and I think we'll know more, obviously, the first week. But, you know, if he's on waivers and you're looking for, you know, maybe a backup tight end, I think he's a good pickup. Um, assuming he stays healthy. Sneaky. I like it. He could definitely be, you know, that security blanket for Gardner Minshew. I mean, I mm-hmm. think he's going to be looking at DJ Chark constantly. Oh, absolutely. And they do got some weapons. Like, D.D. Uh, Westbrook is another name that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. But with the way this team is starting to shape out, you know, with no running back, with, you know, their offensive line being, uh, you know, average, but, you know, they could still probably be beat quite a bit. He could probably need a check down machine, and I'm I'm not really too trustworthy on their running backs yet to do that. So that could go down to it being uh, O'Shaughnessy. So that's a that's yeah. a very good point. That's a very good uh, sleeper. Thank you. I, I appreciate the compliment. Yeah, I think man. everybody's got good sleepers, and I'm gonna have to go back through this and write them all down so I have. <laughs> Hopefully, no one in my league has read this or heard this. Uh... <laughs> well, it, also. Unless you're, unless the person in your league is listening in from Australia. Also, if you are the person listening in from Australia, please reach out to us. We want to know who you are. Yeah, we got, <laughs> our analytics tell us we've got one listener from Australia. So, hey, that's awesome. We'll take it. Take it across uh, the globe. Well, I know Justin that you're. We're going to wrap up here in a second, but before we do, uh, Kyle, number one, why don't you give a little plug for your podcast and the yeah, guys absolutely. you post with? So you've been gracious enough to have me on there once. We had to return the favor. Oh well, th- thank you very much, guys, for even 
thinking it was a great idea to have me come on. Uh, <laughs> but no, this was a blast. Um, and if people want to find me at other places, uh, they mentioned it before, the Get Back Guys podcast. I do it with my uh, friends, Alex and Nick Weaver. And uh, we also have a YouTube channel, Alex and I do, called Movie Meals, where, you know, we talk about movies, we talk about entertainment, uh, just our love for you know, film and television. So we're there as well, but for sports, get bad guys podcast on all podcasts and on YouTube. Yeah. Absolutely. Love your guys' podcast. It's, it's a great production. I listen to oh. it every single uh, time you put a new one out. I listen to it at work. It's, it's awesome guys. He doesn't oh, listen well, to the you. new one though. He just listens to the one he was on every week. Over and over <laughs> and over. <I'll> repeat. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys. The, the, the feeling is mutual with your podcast. You're doing a great job. Oh, thank well, you. We'll have you back for sure. Yeah, awesome. Same to you guys. We're definitely gonna have you guys have you on for some Seahawks, Bucks talk, and things like that. And uh, our other Kyle, Kyle Mitchell. Thank you for being on too. Uh, yeah. Anything you want to plug, Kyle? Oh, yeah, first off, yeah. Thanks for having me. I've been uh, listening every week and I'm enjoying it. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter? It's at uh, kymitch83. Tweet a lot of stuff more about cows and agriculture, but I get a little bit of sports stuff on there as well. So you know. A little bit of everything, so they can follow me on there, and I appreciate it. One of, I got, <laughs> one of my favorite games to play for a little while, and I don't even know if you really noticed, Kyle, but every time Kyle Mitchell would actually make a tweet, I would reply to him like a football player tweets at another one when they get a big contract. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, because it was just after, oh, man, I think Derrick Henry got his contract. And I saw a bunch of tweets from players all across the league where it's like, yeah, man, get that bread. And, you know, just really big tweets, lots of emojis. Um, and so I saw Kyle Mitchell. I think the first one was a picture of a truck and you were taking a load of cattle somewhere. And I'm like, heck yeah, man, you have the best beef in all Montana. Get that paper. <laughs> I did it for like exactly a, what you mean now. Yeah. Yeah. If there's I a, did it for like a month. It was, it made me laugh every time. But. Yeah. Well, as you you're, guys, the, you're the hype man that I needed. As you guys can see, if there's two things we love here at the expansion buddies, we love our sports, but we love our Kyle's even more. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> you should shit. never have too many. <laughs> I, I agree. I keep saying <laughs> all right well unfortunately we are out of time we've actually gone a little bit longer i think than we planned um but thanks again for coming on guys it's been an absolute blast like i said i'm gonna have to listen to it again just to get everything down myself for our draft and to the listeners thanks for tuning in once again so for the expansion buddies i'm justin i'm jared and never forget party like it's 1976 